from 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the K1 Podcast. Welcome to the K1 Podcast. I'm Kevin Zimmerman, joined by Rudy Carpenter. And the Arizona Cardinals coming off their first win this week. Kyler Murray obviously played, I would say, his best game. 253 yards through the air, 93 on the ground. A lot of talk about, okay, how he's used in the run game, how they set him up to do those running plays. But Cliff Kingsbury afterwards said, look, I think his two best plays were a couple throwaways. What were your opinions on just his decision making? Yeah, I think when you look at you know Kyler Murray this season, one of the things that you've seen in his development and really his evolution is the fact that he's been able to make better decisions um, as the season has gone on. And, and to me, that's a super important thing for the Arizona Cardinals because right now, this offense and this team is not good enough to overcome negative plays. They're not good enough to get in second and long and third and long situations and be able to convert and sustain drives and keep their defense off the field. So when when Kyler Murray can limit negative plays, when he can throw the ball away, when he can live to fight another day. That's a huge positive, obviously, for the Arizona Cardinals. I thought one of the biggest stats in this game was the fact that he had no interceptions, he had no fumbles, and he only took one sack for a five-yard loss. And for this Arizona Cardinals team, staying on schedule, staying ahead of the chains is very important for them and their success moving forward. They did have a lot of penalties. A couple of those DJ Humphreys actually said, like, he did not agree with the block in the backs that he was called on two of those. But um, look, they're they're moving the football. I mean, when you put up 266, I believe, rushing yards, over 500 yards overall, is 26 points good? Well, I think that's the interesting question. Obviously, the, the real problems come in the red zone for yeah. the Arizona Cardinals, and that's just been something that's been a season-long problem for them. And so... They're going to have problems down the stretch unless they can figure out how to score touchdowns in the red zone and and not just field goals. And I actually think that really might come to a head this week against the Atlanta Falcons because this Atlanta Falcons offense has been productive, has been very good this year. Um, Matt Ryan has been productive. He's put up big stats, although he has thrown a lot of interceptions and he, he will turn the ball over or give you chances. But when you look at guys like Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, you look at Mohamed Sanu and then Austin Hooper, who leads their team in receptions, the Arizona Cardinals have really struggled covering the tight end this year. And so it could be a problem. I guess my point is, this could come down to who has the ball less and, and, and could be a, a high-scoring game. And so if the Arizona Cardinals want to keep up in that in that boat race, I guess you could say, they're going to have to score touchdowns in the red zone and not just kick field goals. So they've made a couple moves at corner, and obviously this is a K-1 podcast. We're here to talk about Kyler Murray, but to your point about they're going to have to score a lot, look, they have two rookie safeties, the Thompson Twins, um, splitting time and Buda Baker's obviously still there. They let go of Chris Jones. They're banged up. I mean, Byron Murphy's going to be one corner. Tremaine Brock's going to be corner, and he's going to slide to nickel in the like nickel and dime packages. Um, and that means Kevin Peterson's probably their other corner, and he's gotten increased reps. So the point is, like when you are playing Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, you have Austin Hooper that you have to cover, and Mohamed Sanu. It's 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 gonna be a high scoring game i think i mean they they're still searching for turnovers so you can't bank on that happening they haven't gotten an interception this year so when you look at the offense they're gonna have to score in the red zone and 
have you seen anything, especially this past week against the Bengals? And by the way, we're recording this Friday because we were both have busy schedules and all that. But do you see anything in the Bengals game where maybe there's something that can change soon in the red zone? I mean, they're using more tight ends. The running game obviously helps. Well, look, I mean, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I mean, I, I did not like the way that, that Cliff Kingsbury uh, handled the the red zone opportunity before the half. I thought his, I thought the clock management, I thought the play calling wasn't very good. They're very fortunate they were able to even spike the ball with one second left and kick a field goal. Um, at the end of the game, obviously, Kyler made a big play running the football, getting them down deep into the low red area, set them up for, the, for a field goal. But I don't really know what the answers are right now for this this team in the red zone. When you're down in the low red zone, it's just there's not very much space. There's not a lot of room to operate, and it makes it very difficult to throw the football in that area. Everything is a contested catch. Everything is a tight fit. The windows are small. It makes it very, very difficult. Or what teams will do is they will just all-out blitz you and force the quarterback to get the ball out of his hand early. One of the plays we saw from the Cardinals last week is what we call QB sucker, which is where you line up in a power run formation and essentially you fake the power and Kyler Murray keeps the ball um, kind of like a, a naked bootleg. But that's a very uh, dangerous play. It's either it's either usually a touchdown or it's a play that could be a, a kind of a loss. It's a it's a total gamble. And so right now, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals really have an identity down in the red zone. They're they're not really able to throw jump balls. They can at times to to Larry Fitzgerald. I think that you know this could have been a spot where a guy like Hakeem Butler could have really helped them with some size, throwing him some jump balls down there. Kashawn Johnson and Demir Bird and Christian Kirkwin healthy and Isabella. Those aren't big guys you want to throw those big jump balls to. They haven't gotten a ton of the tight ends in the red zone. But also, this team's not really built to be a downhill, inside-run offense. And so, I just think they're still trying to figure out ways they can score when they get down in there. And, and, and I don't know what those answers are, but they're going to have to figure out ways to score touchdowns, especially when they're playing you know, really good offenses. The Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray have an interesting part of the schedule coming up because there are some winnable games here. They're not playing a bunch of undefeated teams or teams who are at the top of their division. The Atlanta Falcons, for instance, is one of those teams. Look, the, the Atlanta Falcons playing in the, the NFC South have traditionally been a good team. They're really only a few years removed from the Super Bowl, but that division is really you know going to be won right now by the Saints. I think the Atlanta Falcons are a 1-4 football team, and so... This could be a game for the Arizona Cardinals that, that they should be in. They can win. And then you look you know, kind of further down the road. The Giants, they got boat raced last and They haven't been very good. The, the, the Buccaneers is, is a game that they can you know, compete in. It's not like they've been great. Um, and then you know, after that, it's very difficult schedule the rest of the way. And so these games, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to you know, make some headway if they really want to win these games. And what I liked about last week with Kyler Murray, like I said, against the Bengals is no turnovers. He had no touchdowns. But he had 10 rushes for 93 yards. He averaged over 9 yards a carry. I think what we saw from Kyler Murray last week, the stat line of, I think he was 23 for 32, 20 for 32, 253 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 10 rushes for 93 yards and a touchdown run. I think if we could get a touchdown pass in there, one rushing touchdown, one touchdown pass, no interceptions, one sack for five yards, the efficiency, like I said, 20 for 32, that's going to be the stat line that this Cardinals team is going to need 
from him going forward to win games. The only thing I don't like about that is when you look at who the passing leader is and who the rushing leader is, it's Kyler Murray. And it's one thing we've been saying all year, which is I just think for a rookie quarterback, that's a lot. He's carrying this entire team really on his back right now. And I understand this team has a lot of injuries. With that being said, people have talked about it all week that the Arizona Cardinals might have you know, kind of stumbled their way into something that could work for them, which is their two-back personnel with Chase Edmonds and David Johnson. And I think right now, if we're being honest, look, David Johnson really is a better wide receiver right now than he is a running back. And, and, and maybe Cliff Kingsbury, that's something he can take advantage of. When you have two running backs in the game and you start them in the backfield and you leave them there, you can run your five-man protections, you can run your six-man protections, you can run your seven-man protections, you can run the ball, you can run a lot of misdirection plays. When you put those guys in the backfield and you motion them out as wide receivers, that's what we call coverage indicators. If a linebacker is covering him, it's probably man-to-man coverage. If a corner is covering him, it's probably zone coverage. If you start him out wide... Same thing, coverage indicators, linebacker out there with them, man, corner out there with them, zone coverage. Now you bring them back into the backfield, you make the defense move around. There's some creative things you can do with those guys, and you got a guy like David Johnson who can really catch the football and obviously he's an explosive runner, but then you got a quick, shifty, uh, explosive back in Chase Edmonds, and so it's going to be interesting to see how they mix both of those guys together this week. I guess the real question is, Is it sounds like David Johnson might play. It sounds like he, he may be able to go this week. It's just going to depend on how much use can they get out of him with his back. I'll take it back to that naked bootleg you mentioned. That was their first touchdown. I mean, the Cliff Kingsbury, they flashed to him on the sideline after that, and he made this face that's a meme now, and he was just like, wow, that worked, basically saying that is what his face looked like. I mean, they're going to have to get really creative. And so when we talk about the red zone, we talk about personnel packages. I mean, I think the two-back stuff, naked bootlegs or not, um, and and when you bring in tight ends into this mix, it's interesting because they have more options, I feel like. And so this week, I think it's interesting because it looks like Christian Kirk, Demir Bird are going to be back. That gives you more receiver options that they were in 10 personnel so much. So if they're ahead, let's say they're ahead of the Falcons or tied with them early on. Are we going to see tight ends? Are we going to see two back sets? Or are they just going to go back to 10 personnel? That's what, because they can more. They have more guys they trust. So, I mean, that those things didn't go well with them the first few weeks because they were not getting great protection. And I think this last game, I don't know any PFF grades or whatever, but it looked like he had time to throw. It looked like he was comfortable. It looked like he was not, things weren't rushing into him and making him hurry up and speed him up as far as, making decisions so i think it personnel packages are going to be interesting here sure just my opinion i don't think that's you know i don't think that's really a big deal let's not forget they were playing the cincinnati Bengals, who's an zero and five football team and so you know we shouldn't uh you know use that game as a barometer for where the the arizona cardinals are all we know is is they're not the worst team in the league and so um that is what it is. But I think the danger for this week's game against the Atlanta Falcons is the Atlanta Falcons' defense this year has been atrocious. They've yeah. been awful. Um, but their offense has been very, very good. And as we know, the Arizona Cardinals' defense right now has been spotty. And they, with, with that uh, very young or inexperienced or a group who hasn't played together with their defensive backs, this could get ugly. And then you've got a guy like Austin Hooper 
who's leading the team in receptions. You're talking about a team that has Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and Calvin Ridley on it. This guy's their leading receiver, and we know the Arizona Cardinals have really, really struggled covering the tight end this year. What I'm worried about... And what I think the massive problem with the Arizona Cardinals this year has been is they've just gotten behind so quickly early in games. And when you get behind that quickly early in games, it makes you a one-dimensional football team. And when you're a one-dimensional football team and you're throwing the ball, trying to get back into the game, it allows the defenses to tee off on your quarterback. They pin their ears back. The defensive edge rushes are in sprinter stances. And they are rushing after the quarterback. It also allows the defensive coordinator to be pretty creative, to mix up his blitzes, mix up his fronts, mix up different stunts with the, with the defensive line. And that can be very difficult. And so I think that's the danger in this game. It's not really about whether they run two backs. It's not really about you know um, if they're running 10 personnel or 12 personnel. To me, those things don't matter. It's really about trying to limit the possessions of this game, getting some stops on defense, not allowing the Falcons to score every single game, and trying to keep this game close so that way the Arizona Cardinals can mix it up and be a a run and a pass team and run their offense and not be put into or forced to be a one-dimensional football team, which really, really makes it hard on Kyler. When Kyler throws the ball in that 30-time range, I think it's a lot better. But when you start getting up in the 45, the 40, the 50 pass attempts per game, I just think it makes it very, very difficult for him to play consistent and to be successful. Yeah, I mean... You heard it through the first four weeks, I believe, where they're just saying we were behind schedule. We were passing, obviously, because we're behind. Um, it's interesting because the Falcons kind of have look like they're having the same issues as the Cardinals, where they're one getting off to slow starts. I mean, if you look at their points per game, sometimes they're just not scoring despite having those receivers. Dan Quinn might get fired soon if he loses to the Cardinals and then maybe takes a few more losses. So, I mean, they're desperate. Um, but yeah, there's definitely the risk that the Cardinals are behind and then we're back at it. Like if they get behind, do you see them just going back to the bad things that we saw? I mean, I don't see answers there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, yeah, the, the Arizona Cardinals, if they get behind early in this game, they're going to have to change their game plan. They're going to have to make a, you know, obviously an in-game change or some adjustments, and they're going to have to start throwing the football to try to get back into the football game. And, and this is a big game for both teams. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals would love to go on a two-game winning streak. They would love to create some momentum. They would love to try to build on last week's win. But like you said, you have a very desperate team in the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have been here all week practicing at ASU. They've been, you know, whether you want to say get acclimated or just trying to rest and and not, you know, get so many miles on their guys flying back and forth west coast to east coast. Um, But but this is a very important game for the Atlanta Falcons uh, for them if they want to turn their season around. And, And like I said, it's really going to come down to you have... The Arizona Cardinals offense, which which I think is their strength of the team, it's better than probably their defense. And then you have the Atlanta Falcons, whose strength of their team is their offense, and their defense has been struggling. And so it's going to come down to who can get a couple stops, and then obviously who can score the more points. And and right now, the Arizona Cardinals have really struggled in the red zone. But on top of that, they're just banged up, and they need Christian Kirk, and they need you know David Johnson to be healthy to give them their best chance to win. If we go back to week one and kind of look incrementally at Kyler, have you seen decision-making changes this morning? Steve Kime on our radio station with Doug and Wolf said, look, I think he's reading defenses better, and I think that 
in concert with just being more comfortable and knowing how things fit and knowing how to tell his lineman, hey, this is the coverage and I know what I'm going to see out of this defense. Do you see those things coming together for him? Yeah, I think the main thing that, that Steve Kime is talking about and, and really what it comes down to is he's, taking, he's not taking as many negative plays. The one sack for five yards is an important one. And so I think really what he's saying, yeah, he's probably seeing the field better. Yeah, he's, he's making better decisions and he's getting completions and playing pretty efficient. But really what it comes down to is he's not taking negative plays and he's living to fight another day. And for a guy like Kyler Murray, that's really important. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast I'm not worried about Kyler Murray facing adversity like some people were pre-draft. I mean, he's been small his entire life. He's been explosive his entire life. He understands how to play the game. He, he was successful in high school. He was a Heisman Trophy winner in college. He can play at the NFL level. What it really comes down to, what worried me about Kyler Murray is he's always been a winner. And now he's playing for a team who's not ready to win right now. And so how he's going to handle that. I'm not worried about him hanging his head or being a bad teammate or pouting. I'm worried about him trying to put the entire organization on his back and say, I'm going to make every single play. I'm going to win games. I'm going to will us to a win. I can make these plays. And when you start doing that, you start pressing. And when you start pressing, you start trying to make plays that aren't there. You start trying to force throws. You start holding onto the ball longer. You start scrambling around longer in desperation trying to make positive plays. And when you do that... That's when you take sacks for big losses. It's when the, you get the ball knocked out in fumbles. And it's when you throw the ball up for grabs and you turn the ball over. And so we've seen that from Kyler a little bit over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, as we've also seen, he's getting better at throwing the ball away, getting down, not taking hits, and not taking the negative plays as far as sacks go. Yeah, I, I looked at some numbers and some people who did research because I'm obviously not going to do the research, but college football NFL you look at it if you take a sack I mean the percentages of you even getting a first down let alone scoring plummet from I think well below 25 percent I mean you just are putting yourself in an awful position so I think that's why it was good that Cliff after the game just said those are my two favorite plays he threw one into the dirt on a screen pass that looked like the defense was all over he threw a few away um and I know interviews don't tell you a whole lot about maybe a player or their psyche or what they're going through, but he seems, I mean, he's not a, he's not saying a lot because he's just a quiet guy, but I mean, it, it seems like he's getting it. It seems like they're harping on him not doing too much, take the easy play, throw it away, live for another day, and he seems to be taking that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's one of the things that we talk about with Kyler a lot. I love his poise. I love his composure. He's very calm. The, it, the, the moment never looks too big for him. And, and really, I think what we see in his post-game interviews is he's kind of unflappable. Whether or not they're, they're winning or they're losing, he's, he's, he's pretty consistent with his personality and who he is. And the more games he plays, the more situations he sees, the more defenses he sees. He's creating a file right now on all of the defensive coordinators he's playing against, and he's getting ready to face another new defensive coordinator for the first time. And so that's really what it is. It's, it's every single week he's facing a new defense. He's facing a new defensive coordinator for the first time. And the longer you hang around in the league, the longer you play as a starter, the, the, the more you're going to play against these defensive coordinators, the more you're going to see them, the more you're going to have a better feel for their scheme and their, the way that they blitz and the coverages that they play. And, and that's really, you know, 
if you can create those files and keep those files and study, you're, you're going to be able to you know, understand what that defense is doing and how they're trying to stop you. And so I just think that Kyler's going to continue to get better. He's going to continue to develop. And hopefully over the next year or two, they're going to be able to surround him with more talent to help him. Before we go on that note about another defensive coordinator and Dan Quinn's play calling, um, what do you think the Falcons will do against him and do you think that it's better to blitz him we've seen a couple teams take that approach and then we've seen other teams to varying degrees have success and failures when they just sit back and let him throw underneath stuff yeah I don't think you do I don't think you do either or I think when you have a young quarterback like Kyler Murray you try to make you want to slow him down and how you slow him down is make him think is make him you know, be indecisive in his reads. When you sit back in zone coverage, you allow him to sit back there and kind of pick around and read the defense and find some soft spots and make throws, and you can do that. When you play man-to-man coverage, it's really easy because all he does is he looks around the defense, he finds his best matchup. Most of the time, that's Larry Fitzgerald, and he just throws the ball to him. Against man coverage, you don't really have a defense to read. It's more about best matchup. Zone coverage, it's more about read the coverage and, and, and progress through the route concept. So I just think they want to, They should mix it up. Some man coverage, some zone coverage, bring some blitzes, show blitzes, get out of the blitz. Just constantly make him think. Constantly make him react. Make him be indecisive. That's the best way to stop Kyler. But as long as Kyler can stay in the mode of use my legs when I'm, when I'm not sure, throw the ball away when I'm not sure, don't take negative plays, get the ball out of my hand, and when I get my chances against man-to-man coverage or when it's zone coverage and we have a, a, a big shot play on, got to hit on those. That's Rudy Carpenter. I'm Kevin Zimmerman. A um, couple winnable games coming up for the Cardinals and definitely some desperate teams as well. So we'll be back next week, um, maybe on Monday this time. Yeah.